Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. And hello, hello everyone, this is Helena, Helena Margareta, or as I also am called, many people want me to stay with my own name, Helena Steiner Hornstein. They say, we like that name, and then I said, well, you cannot pronounce it. I said, but we like it. We like it to be complicated. It looks more important. So there we go. <laughs> I'm back. I'm here in in sunny Florida, and I've been away for a long time. I was on the shores of the sunny and beautiful Caribbean for a long, long time, as I said. And it's amazing when you stroll up and down, you know, on those beautiful shores how new ideas come to you and how everything is seen in a different light. Not only because you're surrounded by sunshine and fresh air, but you need to get away somehow from time to time and just see something else or just do nothing, which I actually did. For the first time in a long, long, long time, I didn't combine a travel with some kind of duty, (laughs) some kind of lecture or workshop or seeing people on behalf of my work. So this was quite a change. And I must say, I think we should all try to do so sometimes. And also that is why that we have one day in the week when we're supposed not to work. It makes a big difference to your life if you start to take one day off. Yes, it happens to be Sunday for most people, But if you have to work on a Sunday, you really, really should take some time off one other day in the week. Well, I am here by myself through certain circumstances. I'm by myself today. So I will answer questions, which I do. Uh, I get a stack of emails, uh, and I will kind of go through them and see what would be of general interest. Most people ask me, can you help my mother? Can you help my father? Can you help my son? And so on. And they give some various diagnoses that they have received from a medical doctor. And, of course, I always say the same. It's not me doing the work. It's channeled information that comes through me to you. If you want to read more about me, go to speakingtoyourheart.com. That site is also called Activale, A-C-T-I-V-A-L-E.com. But so many of you, including my closest friends, cannot understand Activale that easily. So that's why I also have the second name for for my site, which is speakingtoyourheart.com. And there you can see my CDs and my books and whatever there is to know. So, um, and also put down your name for my newsletter because that is how you get to know what's going on uh, with lectures and workshops, etc., in various parts of the world. I travel most of the time, as you know. So, I have um, a question here. I start to. Uh, well, somebody asked me, and I just had a question today. I had several questions today, by the way. 
but um, this particular person wanted to know, what do you feel is the biggest problem in our world? And I go back to saying ignorance. Not ignorance what is what you don't know from books, but ignorance. How, how you don't um, understand and how you don't want, I don't mean you, you, of course, you're listening to my show, you, you understand, but how people out there don't get it. And I spoke to a person today earlier in Europe, and I said, you know, people are sleepwalking. They don't see, they don't realize. And only yesterday I heard in in the evening news, one of the big networks in, in the United States, and the, uh, a journalist was interviewing a beekeeper. And the beekeeper said, you know, I don't know what's happening with the bees. They're disappearing. I'm down, down to one-third of what I used to have, and I'm worried. And the journalist said, yes, you know, you lose your business, and you'll be out of the investment, out of the money. And that was how that interview ended, that she was expressing the concern that he would lose his business. This is a much, much bigger picture. We lose our bees. We lose our food. And uh, she didn't think that far. And this is how we all are. We don't think the next move. We should all be good chess players and think several moves ahead. And that is the problem with us. We do not think about consequences. We start a war in one part of the world, but we don't think about the consequences. There are always consequences. You know, you get married, there are consequences. It continues. It's not the wedding. And um, that is one of the biggest uh, problems. But the big problem is the separation. We are following the law of separation. There is another law that I have written a book on. I'm writing on that, actually, which is the law of togetherness. What is the difference, the law of separation? When the law of separation started in the Garden of Eden already, when Eve ate the apple and the snake (laughs) came and, well, the snake tempted Eve with the apple. And then that was how it started. Well, I'm not going back to that, but historically, that's how we start the separation. But what is it we have separated ourselves from, to be serious? What is the big separation here? It is that we are denying the power within us. We are denying that we are spiritual beings. We are separating ourselves from our highest potential. We are separating ourselves from the big power, the universe, which we also call God. We are separating ourselves. And we believe we have to go to a particular building or say a particular formula to tie ourselves back with that particular power. You don't. No. You can stay in the comfort of your home this very second and just begin to connect with that power. We're going to practice that a little bit right now. So you take a deep breath, 
and you close your eyes. And stay with me. Don't leave in the middle of this. This is important that you stay with it. If you want to connect with that higher power that you truly, truly are. Just relax now. And know that within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that place within you is called I am. I see that power within you as the light. And you relax more and more and more. If your legs were crossed, uncross them and put your feet on the floor. And take another deep breath. And remember that within you, you have this power called I am the light. And you are so relaxed now. So very, very relaxed. And you take a deep breath. And as I'm playing Stephen Halpin's beautiful background music in, in the background, you are relaxing your body. And you feel how that light within you is spreading out through your spine, down your body, down your hips and into your legs. And your feet are connecting you with the power of the Mother Earth, of Mother Earth. You are so relaxed. And light, the light from your chest area is now going up in your shoulders, into your arms, into your hands. And you're relaxing more and more and more. And And you know that you have the power within you to make a difference in your life. And at this very moment you begin to feel what you wish for in your life. You wish for good health. And you feel how good health is going through your body. And you breathe good health. And health is entering your hands. And when you touch your body with your hands, you feel your body relax. And it feels very, very good right now with the light in your body and in your hands and how you touch your knees, your shoulders and how you spread more and more light through your hands. You wish for a good life, for happiness in your life. And you see yourself dancing in a field surrounded by flowers and butterflies. And you feel so relaxed, so very, very relaxed. It's like a joy in your heart. Yes. You are happy and joyful. And you feel so sure that happiness is in your life from now on. You want a good, rich life. Plentiful of the good things. It's all right to have good things. It's for everyone. You were meant to be successful and happy and healthy and rich. 
Nobody said you were meant to be unhappy and poor. Maybe you self-believe that. But now we wash away all those thoughts of having to be unhappy and poor. Oh no. This moment is like good health and good wealth is coming down over you like in a ray of light from above. And you receive all this beautiful energy into the core of your body. And you say to yourself, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. And you feel joy as you express, I'm rich, I'm rich, oh my God, I'm rich. And you take a deep breath and you smile. Yes, this is what you are. And you are well. Of course you are well. Every part of your body is healthy and well. I'm so successful. All my wishes are now coming true. You love your life. You love your body. Your body feels good. Your feet, your legs, your hips, your spine, and your body is relaxing. You feel light shining over your shoulders and out in your arms, and light is shining up your neck and throughout your head. Yes, you are so relaxed now, so very, very relaxed. And you love your life. Yes, you love your life. You are so relaxed. So very, very relaxed now. And as I count to seven, on the count of seven, you open your eyes again. Number one. You feel secure. You feel grounded. Number two. You feel that you can reach the whole world right now and that everything is there for you and that the light, the foundation of what you are, is shining through you right now. One, two, three, four. Your love feeling like you do, happy and well and successful and rich. You love that feeling going through you right now. One, two, three, four, five. And now you just decide to believe this. Yes, I believe this. I believe it. This is really so. And as that trust that you really, really believe that this is so, and you know that this is so, and adds that knowledge is going through your whole consciousness. You open up your spirit and feel, I am a child of the light. Everything is possible in my life. Yes, it is. And you begin to smile again. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And you brush off your head and your shoulders and you just feel that everything is kind of in order. 
And you take a deep breath. And thank you, Stephen Halpin, for allowing me to play your beautiful music at any time. <laughs> so, there we go. So, more questions that I have uh, come through here, channeled through. And that is that um, what uh, is the burning bush? And someone wrote me, what do you mean that the burning bush, uh, you saw the burning bush in your, uh, you said that in, in a lecture. And I said, well, if you read my book, Constant Awakening, you will know what it was. The burning bush that I happened to see when I was still going to school in my bedroom, I just woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this, which seems like a fire. I was absolutely petrified. I had no idea what it was. It took me years and years afterwards to realize, oh my God, I saw the burning bush. But it was there in my room and was burning, was burning funny. It was not like a real fire, it was like energy, it was like sparkles, and it wasn't like red and orange and things. It was more like white, bluish, silver. And then suddenly, when I saw that fire, it spoke to me. It wanted to speak, but I didn't want to listen what it had to say. That was my first awakening in my life. Awakening to what? Awakening that it that there is something else, there is something more. And that thing is much closer than we realize. What I came to realize, this was the power within me that suddenly reproduced itself in front of me, saying, here I am, but I didn't want to listen. And you know, this is the thing out there in the world that we all need to see the burning bush in a way to get the revelation that here we are. Yes, there is something more than all those rules and written regulation that we have been programmed to follow. You have that power within you. And of course, I've seen that again after that. And then I wasn't scared. Now I've been ready to receive the messages that I received from the burning bush. And this was also what Moses experienced in the Bible. He saw the burning bush and got those ten commandments. Wonderful commandments. I, shall, I think we all should follow them. I should take one program and just talk about the ten commandments because they're really so good. And if we all lived according to those ten commandments, we would be healthy, we would be well, in every way, we would not have any wars. We would have peace in the world. But, oh no, there are people out there who want to stop those commandments. Oh no, we, that's religious. What's re religious about, not, about stealing? You shouldn't steal. What's so religious about not killing people? Tell me. Call me back and say, why has that got to do with a Christian religion? Or any religion for that matter. So, but you're not calling. <laughs> so, uh, we continue. So, we have separated ourselves from that particular power. And we've been programmed to do so all along. And those who started to talk about this power within them, early on were eliminated from this planet. 
They were just killed off. By whom? By those who had set a different faith in front of us. So the problem is here that we we have separated ourselves from our higher selves, from our higher potential, and in our regular life daily, we don't think about the consequences. We don't think far enough. Just like with the journalist who, to, who interviewed the beekeeper, oh, you will be out of a business when the bees are not coming, instead of thinking about the consequences. That is the thing. Think about Mother Earth. Mother Earth might be complaining about something. Don't post all those chemicals on our soil. Don't put all the chemicals in the air. So that is the thing. Now we have someone here, of course, his name is Donald. And Donald has written me a few emails from time to time. And he has also talked to me from time to time. And one question that he has asked was, why are most religious or spiritual gurus male? You keep on saying that women have a stronger spiritual muscle than men, so why are there no spiritual female gurus? God, I wondered, shall I answer that without making someone angry out there? Uh, because those people who are now considered leaders have become leaders because someone turned them into leaders because people wanted to be followers of those people. It's a result of good marketing. There are so many wonderful female teachers out there, women gurus, but they are not getting recognized. Why? Because they're not out to market themselves. They're not out to get followers the same way. We all are wanting to have followers. So do I. I'm just not a good marketeer. <laughs> so, um, but it's not that men are not spiritual. Of course, men are very spiritual. And I, I think some of my best cases among my clients I don't say all, but many of my good, real good cases have been men, wonderful men, spiritual, out to their fingertips, through their souls. Whereas women have, all of us, have been blessed with this spiritual muscle, just like most men or all men have been spared with the physical strength and the logic. It doesn't mean that this is the way we basically are throughout we all have this and that in our bodies, in our minds, in our soul. And, of course, the soul is without gender. Your soul goes from a man to a woman any time, from one life to the other. But uh, it's good that we have gurus out there, and I applaud that. But uh, so many of these gurus, so-called, are belonging to a particular faith, a particular religion, and also that they have the backing of that religion. And we tend to believe men more. I'm very serious about that. I've been a woman all my life, <laughs> and I've seen whatever. If I have a group of women, and there's one man in, the, in that crowd, or two men or three men, but a 
strong minor, minority. And if that man says something, the women listen to him more than if a woman in the audience would say something. It's just, I think, a particular programming. And we women have to change this. We have to listen to each other. And now is the time to do so because we're coming into that kind of timing. I think one women are fantastic creatures. I mean that. Uh, I grew up with men and always had men as my friends until I came to America. I've been married several times to wonderful men and my best friends through the years before I came to America were usually, I say usually, men. So I know very well how men function. And men are very uncomplicated. They really are. And men say that themselves. Why are women so complicated? Yes, women are more complicated. We think more (laughs) in different directions, whereas men are more focused. So it's easy for a man to be spiritual in the sense that he can focus on the subject and go deeper and deeper very easily with his sense of focus. Whereas a woman has a harder time with the focus because at the same time she's thinking about her children and this and that, but she is so multi-talented and I can only applaud women. And the more I get to know women now here in America, I see these women who start charities and they're out there helping so many people so selflessly for no reward at all and for no praise at all. I think it's wonderful. I applaud you. Blah, blah, blah. So so that was something. I don't know if that kind of answered your question, Donald, but it, it gave you a little bit of the idea anyway. And it's very much up to the women to listen to other women because there are so many good, wise women out there. And I mean wisdom that has come to women of a certain age. And as I look at my emails every day, I get emails from women of a certain age almost daily who are starting new trends, who are starting new movements, and who are helping the world become a better world. So it's not only a woman to do it or a man to do it. It's everyone. We are all in this together. We have to change this world. And the first thing we have to live accordingly to uh, is to live according to the law of togetherness and go away from this law of separation. That is where we have lived all along with the law of separation from the beginning of time, I think, when you got away. Actually, I don't think we did it from the beginning of time. I think the beginning of time we did live according to intuition and uh, listening to nature much, much more than we do now. And I know even my grandmother, who really belonged to a different era. She was born in the 1800-something. But when she wanted to get rid of bad energies, let's say some visitor had been in her house, and sitting down on a piece of furniture, well, presumably a chair or a sofa, whatever, she just made sure that that piece of furniture got out in the sun 
and the sun had to take away the energy of that person and then it could come back into the house again. So at that time they understood more about energies than what many of us do today. I can come into a house and so can you out there. You can come into a house and feel, oh, it feels good in this house. It feels wonderful. I want to stay in here for a little while. And they sit down in in the sofa and they say, oh, it feels good sitting here. Let me stay for a while. And others, they go in and out of places immediately because they didn't like it. It was something that they didn't like. It wasn't the furniture. It wasn't the color of the of the interior. It was just, it didn't feel good. I have many people call me up for private sessions and they say, I don't know what it is when I come back home. I feel so bad. And once I'm out traveling, I feel wonderful. And then long distance, I can check on their houses and I say, of course, your house is full of bad energy. Someone lived there before you who was sick and unhappy and and was full of unhappy thoughts all day and eventually died unhappy in that house of yours. So we have to change the energies or you have to move to another house. So it's not you, it's just your surrounding energy that's not good. So you have to think about these things in your life that there is something called energy and that energy is actually guiding your life much, much more than you realize. You are guided through the energy of your thoughts, through the energy of your neighbor's thoughts, of your house's thoughts, of everyone else's thoughts. So thoughts matter very, very much. Thoughts can make you sick and thoughts can make you well. There are lots of things out there that can make you sick. Not only your thoughts, but also your surrounding. You can be surrounded by negative people and those negative people just create an environment of sickness. And what do you do if you have to be in that surrounding? Because you work there, for instance. You make your living that in that surrounding. Begin to condition yourself to be in the light. Just sit down for a moment, just like now, Take a deep breath and know that within me there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that place within me is my higher self. It's my inner light. And that light is now beginning to shine. And it shines all within me. It cleanses me from all shadows. And now... The light goes all around my body and I sit like in a ball of light, of protective white light. And now, suddenly, it's like the sky is opening opening up and is sending you a ray of white light down upon you and your surrounding light. You are now powerful beyond measure. And you begin to send out the light from your hands and from your heart all around you. And you will be protected from all negativity. This is how you do it. 
What did it take? One minute and a half, something, or maybe not even a minute? If you do this every day, wherever you are, if you travel on a bus or in the subway in New York or in Stockholm or London, wherever you are, do that too. Put yourself in the light. It really, really works. I mean that. I can guarantee it. It's one of the things I really can guarantee (laughs) that the light works. But you have to connect with it and believe in it the moment you do it. Don't try to see, to say, and I've had many do that, oh, I don't see the light, I don't see the light. No, you just know it's there. And maybe one day you just see it as a surprise. I don't see the light like that all the time. I just feel it. And I pull down the light over me and I just feel how it goes out into my body. And you heard that like a sigh. I didn't fake that. It was just the release that went through me as the light just went through my body. And now I brush off myself. And I say, clear, clear. Everyone who has come to my private sessions and to my workshops, they know that and what that means. And they have been programmed to use that too. It works. So we are spiritual beings, and we are spiritual beings who are supposed to shine all the time. So let me see. I had more questions here. Oh, this is a very regular question. And um, this lady is asking, can you help me with my leg cramps? I wake up in the middle of the night and have terrible cramps in my legs, and then I cannot sleep for the rest of the night. You know, this is so common out there. I don't know why we have cramps in our legs. And I even ask doctors, and they say, yes, it's a nuisance. And many say, or oh, eat more calcium. Particularly people in the alternative field, they say, take calcium. And it helps. Uh, doctors, many doctors now say, oh, drink um, tonic water. Tonic water. If you like tonic water, yes, have one of those little bottles of tonic water next to you, and when before you go to bed, and drink it. I haven't tested it myself, but so many have said it's a good idea. And of course, if you get cold feet, wear socks. Nothing wrong about wearing socks at night. There's so many cute bedtime socks that you can buy in America, <laughs> maybe out in Europe too, but. They're cute socks out there with hearts and flowers and everything. And they're double-layered, so you can use that. Now, if you really want to have an effect with the leg cramps and no more leg cramps, put magnets, you know, those magnetic inner soles that you can buy and put inside of shoes. If you put those uh, magnetic soles in both of your feet, uh, in both of your socks, Uh, before you go to bed. I know that works. I tried it myself and it works. And, of course, you need to drink some water so you are hydrated. If you are dehydrated during the night, you will get cramps, leg cramps particularly. So those are the things that I feel 
would help better than having a session with me as such. I think it's nice to have a session to, anyway if you feel like you want to spend the money. But for the leg cramps, it's not necessary. You can do this uh, manually, you know, mechanically, as I usually call it. And the magnet sole, so the the shoe, what you call the inlay for the shoes that I recommend are Nikken. I don't sell Nikken myself. It's a Japanese company originally, and they sell magnets all over the world. But they have very, very good magnets. They are expensive. But, you know, everything good is expensive. I'm sure you can, if you look up Nikken, N-I-K-K-E-N, on the Internet you will find something. I don't think there are any stores that sell them. It's usually sold by private uh, entrepreneurs. It's one of those multi-level marketing companies, and that's also why they're a little expensive because so many people have to be paid along the line. But those companies usually have very, very good products that help. And Nikon magnets, and I get nothing from this, I swear. <laughs> I don't sell them, but you know, I recommend them uh, because I believe in the good of those magnets. And even if you're run down, you know, put one of those small magnet plates, tape it to your chest, and you will immediately get a great deal more energy. I know medical doctors who recommend them also. So, and they use them in some hospitals, I've heard, uh, to speed up healing. If you have a broken anything, uh, it helps to put a magnet on that particular place where it's broken. So magnets are good, and to put that magnet sole, you know, in your shoes during the daytime might also be a good idea for your energy and to to make you stronger and healthier on the whole. Now, there is probably about 4% of the population that cannot handle magnets very well. Just like whatever good it's out there, if it's penicillin or some kind of antibiotica, you can always count on some, some exceptions. Not everyone can handle everything. It's like not everyone can handle a carrot or a potato. We have exceptions with all rules. And that is for you to try and see if it works for you. And if it works for you, it works right away. Seldom. Well, actually, again, there are exceptions. There are those who had to get used to magnets. But it took them three, four days and then they could use them. So if you have used magnets, I would say, for a week and they don't work at all, then maybe it's not for you. But if they don't make you sick, no harm in trying, so to speak. And this is not medical advice that I'm getting. It's just my own experience. Like Everything that I say is from my own experience. And I like to test everything new also that comes my way. Then we have someone else here who asked me about number 11 and that it is such a magical number. And yes, it is a magical number. And uh, 
he uh, says, what is so magical about number 11? Well, I have had good numerologists on my show, and you can go back in the archives and check on those. And I'm sure they will mention something about number 11. It's a master number. And and then numerologist says if you have an 11 in your birth date or if you have an 11 in your name, you it's a master number and you are more spiritual than other people. And, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> that you have a spiritual ability at least. You have a strong spiritual ability. And I said this to those who have had no spiritual ambitions at all, and they have looked at me funny, but, you know, at the end of the session, they have loosened up, and they actually were changed after that. They reached their higher self in the session and have become more spiritually aware people. To be spiritually aware is great. A woman, I think, in Palm Beach, Florida, she said, I don't want to be spiritual. I don't want to be poor. And I looked at her in amazement and said, but spirituality will make you rich. Spirituality will actually make you richer. richer. She couldn't believe that. She thought that spirituality and poor were kind of the same thing, that you had to be poor to be spiritual. And if you were spiritual, you had to go back to being poor. Not so at all. Number 11 is a master number. And many of us, we just look at the clock and we see 11, 11, or, you know, something with 11 in it. And it's just a reminder from spirit, yeah, hey, I'm here, use me. Be aware who you are. Don't forget who you are. You're a spiritual being. So if that number comes up in your life, yeah, something, someone is trying to remind you who you really, really are, a spiritual being. But, again, there's something about 11 that I was not aware of, but someone sent me an email, and uh, and I looked it up, and I checked it out, and yes, there was something to it, that um, 11 in the Bible represents disorder and and destruction, etc. And then what said was said in this email, and I checked it out a great deal, and I didn't have time to check it out completely. But um, this is something that some of you probably have already read, you know, over the internet. And that is, we're going back to 9/11, September 11, when we had this very tragic event, not only for New York and for America, but for the whole world, because it actually changed our world. And then they go back to say, New York City has 11 letters. Afghanistan has 11 letters. Doesn't mean that the meaning of the letters now has the combination of 11. But anyway, New York City, if you count the letters, it has 11 letters. Afghanistan has 11 letters. George Bush, if you count George W. Bush, President Bush, that has 11 letters. And New York is the 11th state, 
and the first plane crashing into the twin towers, a twin tower, that's the one and the one that forms 11, 11 also, but the first plane crashing against the twin tower was flight number 11. And the flight uh, American Airlines 11 was carrying 92 passengers. You add 9 and 2 adds up to 11. The other plane that hit the Twin Towers was carrying 65 passengers, and you add 6 and 5. That adds up to an 11. And, of course, this tragedy happened on 11th of September. You add 9 and 1 and 1, and it adds up to an 11. And, of course, we, we, we who live here in America, we know that 9-11 is the emergency number you call when some, something happens. You call the police or the ambulance or whatever. 9-1-1, again, adds up to an 11. And the total number of all victims inside the hijacked planes was 227. You add that again to Two, two and two uh, and um, seven, you know, it adds up to 11. Now, September 11 is the day number 254 of the calendar year. Again, two and five and four adds up to an 11. And it goes on like this. So if, if you have time to sit and count the letters, you can add up. Now, of course, there are others who probably have more knowledge and they can look at the value of each letter and see what number combinations we come up to, but we come up to something. And I can continue in this letter. I'm not going to do so because it's a lot of 11, 11, 11. So why was that so, that all this happened on the 11th? Well, the terrorists, they chose that date because to them it was a wake-up America that chose the airlines, that chose United and American Airlines because it was United America and wake-up call. For them it had a meaning, so they put more thought into this than many people realize. But then there is something like numerology out there also that really rules our lives. It does. I know that when people come to me for help, they are in a particular life cycle for their problem. Many come to me in the number nine year, life cycle year, because they feel they are slipping out of something. They don't know what. But it's just a natural, this nature's trend. Now you live your nine years you're going to begin a new life cycle with the number one. And many, when they come in that number one year, they come to me and say, what is this? I feel I have to start something new. Yes, nature is telling, telling them it's time to start something new. So we are also a composition of numbers, and I think I mentioned that before. When I look at people energy-wise, I see all those numbers like, popping up and circulating around people. We are the result of higher mathematics. And spirit is actually higher mathematics. It is a form of the higher numbers. 
And we are going back to master numbers again. There is a higher purpose with you out there. When someone asks me, what are the biggest miracles in the world? And they wanted to hear the hanging gardens of Babylon or something like that. And I said, the miracle of you being born, the miracle of conception was not a coincidence or an accident. It was meant to be the miracle of birth that this baby came to this world was not a coincidence of any kind. It was part of a plan. You, whatever you say, you were meant to be born, even if you have something wrong with you health-wise. You were meant to be born. And you came with a desire, the purpose, maybe to find a cure to get well again. Maybe to show that you are stronger than your disease, than your sickness. Maybe to show that you're stronger than your problem. Maybe to show the world that, no, you can be rich. You can be successful. Show the world who you are. It's all there within you. There is a purpose for your life. There is a higher intention for everything. And once, when I work with people, I notice that this higher purpose is within each one of you. It's really coming out. But then there is something called fear. There's nothing but the devil working for you. (laughs) Don't accept that fear. Go out and be the one that the universe meant for you to be. And by the way, I had a letter from someone who said, oh, don't talk about the universe. God is the highest power. When I say universe, I mean God. But not everyone in the countries I deal with can accept that. So that is why I say God. And not everyone who's listening to me can accept the word God. For some reason, they connect that with religion and rules and condemnation. It's not. God didn't make those rules. God didn't make those condemnations. People did. People did. End of conversation on that subject. So this has been a little bit ad lib (laughs) hour, but it was given to me to tell you And do those exercises with the light. Work with the light, whatever you do, all the time. And do just a couple of minutes every day. It makes a difference. It's a kind of meditation. It's a light meditation. Just take a deep breath and let that light shine within you, in your chest area. And feel the connection with that big, wide universe within you. This is the creation within you. And you can make that creation within you shine in your life, in your family's life, in everybody else's life. And you take a deep breath and let that power of the light shine throughout your body. 
And now suddenly that light swirls around you. Yes, the light swirls around you. And it's like you're lifted off the ground. You're lifted off your chair into the light. And you stretch your body. And you feel so connected. And you are filled with feelings of love. You love this light. You love this world. You love your world. And you feel that you want to make this world a wonderful world. Get back to me. My website, speakingtoyourheart.com. You will see my books, my CDs, and how to get in touch with me. You are a special person. You listen to this to the very end. That is special. Have a great, great day today. And enjoy your life. Yes, you are special. And I'm now going to... Click on a song called Flight into Heaven by Eddie Benitez. Thank you, Eddie.